Good morning and welcome to the Automation Morning Show for Tuesday, November 28th, 2023. I hope you had a great Thanksgiving week because I was out all last week. So I'm returning for the first time a little bit late this morning because we had some issues with the equipment. Hopefully we get it all sorted out. Let me go ahead and look over to the uh, control board there. Everything looks great. Video's okay. Audio's okay. So I hope you're okay. My name is Sean Tierney from Insights and Automation. And if this is your first time watching, this is the Automation Morning Show where I talk about what's new and happening in industrial automation. Let's go ahead and get started um, by thanking, oh, by reminding you first, see, I'm a little rusty, by reminding you that uh, if you do enjoy this show, please give us a like, a sub, and a share, because that's the fuel that keeps this show on the air. And we really appreciate all of you who do so. And from there, we go over to, uh, thanks to our sponsor, theautomationschool.com. If you know anybody looking for PLC, HMI, or SCADA training, please send them over to theautomationschool.com, our sponsor for this morning's show. And with that, go to our first press release. And this is from Siemens. It's the Siemens Accelerator um, has teamed up with, or I should say, the A AWS, Amazon's AWS Simplify ITOT tool is now available. So this is called the AWS IoT Sitewise Edge software program or app is now available in the Siemens Industrial Edge Marketplace. Now, because we have so much uh, news since I was out for a week, I'm not going to go into details on this, but if you want to know more, check out this link. All the links will be over at automate.news later today. From there, we have a uh, press release from Honeywell that they have launched their world's first 100% hydrogen-capable gas meter. So this is very interesting. We've been hearing a lot about hydrogen lately. And um, one of the interesting things about this is it's uh, the world's first, they say. But also, it works for natural gas and hydrogen. So there's been a lot of moves to hydrogen, and uh, we won't go through all that again, but... This is pretty impressive, and uh, this uh, the model number is the E, it looks like E15, it could be EI5, but I believe it's E15 is the model number of this gas meter. From there, we go over to a press release from Moxa, and Moxa is unveiling their private 5G cellular gateways. So we've talked a lot about 5G and how uh, organizations are building their own private uh, 5G networks. And so I thought this was very interesting. We also have an interesting podcast that we'll release this week on Wednesday with Moxa talking about industrial PCs. So from there, we go over to Universal Robots. They have a um, press release here that uh, they're going to actually double manufacturing of their very popular UR20 Cobot. They're saying that this doesn't mean you still can't get a Cobot one of these Cobot models for the end of the year. They still have some production room left if you need to order something for this year. That said, it's pretty impressive that the product is so popular that they're needing to uh, double production. So congratulations to Universal Robots. And then Emerson launched a new compact valve position indicator. I know this is kind of low tech, but it's still kind of important in automation to be able to see if the valves open or closed. And so I wanted to share this TopWorks DVR switch box uh, with you guys this morning. From there, over at Balouf, we have a CIP 
safety block or SIP safety block. So this I.O. block, um, you know, works on Ethernet IP because SIP safety works on Ethernet IP. And it offers IP67 protection and it's tested with Rockwell and other uh, PLCs that support SIP safety. And a very interesting device here. Um, it offers 12 single channel safe inputs, PMP. Or if you want to do dual channel, you can get six dual channel inputs. As far as the outputs, you can get four single channel safety outputs, or if you want dual channel, you get two safety outputs. And it talks about working with Rockwell and other controllers that support safety. And um, it is IP67, so the on-machine style. SIL3 rated, CAT4 PLE. Um, let's see here. And, and everything else, you know, the LEDs and, and um, et cetera. So um, you can see a picture of it here with all the stats. But very interesting new product. And I think it's interesting. Again, it looks a lot like a lot of the other products that are IP67, you know, mount to the machine I.O. But uh, very interesting that they actually tested it with Rockwell. So they're, um, they're going, it looks like they're going after Rockwell uh, installations with this product. And it's always good to have options, right? And I think we got a new chat coming in. Uh, oh, it's Bradley from the UK. Hey, Bradley, good to see you. Hope uh, your afternoon is going well over there in the UK. From there, we go over to Banner. And Banner has, I thought this was very interesting. So if you need to connect, if you need connectors for your M12 and M8 cables, you know, panel connectors to go on the outside of your box, they have this line. It's very interesting because, you know, you have your M12 or M8 connector, both male and female available on the outside of the box. But on the inside of the box, they, there's very little overhead to these connectors. So they don't stick through a lot and they don't take up a lot of space inside your panel. They also thankfully come with, with the nut, right? The mounting nut, because why would you want it not? You're gonna need a nut for every one of these, right? So, and the, uh, the ends, uh, the leads are tinned as well. So that makes it very easy to connect up to whatever, your terminal block or whatever. So in any case, very interesting new product. I also noticed they're putting dates on them now, which I really appreciate because it helps me, gives me, uh, you know, assurances, what well, you would think, that um, I know some people have to recycle their blogs to some more people see them. But with new product announcements, it's great having a date on there, right? So you know that it's the, uh, that it's the right, right uh, that it's a new product. It really is a new product. And these connectors are all rated IP67. I thought this was interesting. I don't usually see something new from Amphenol that really pertains to our market. But uh, with the predominance of USB-C in, in industry, right, it's kind of taken over. Even Apple's now offering products with USB-C. Um, I thought it was interesting that they released a ruggedized USB-C type connector. So you can see it right here. Again, not for every application. And again, if you're going to have a gray support bulkhead connector, that's great too. But uh, if you just needed a rugged industrial USB-C connector, I wanted to share that with you. It's always nice to be able to share something from a new vendor or a vendor we don't cover regularly because they don't do a lot in our industry. From there, we go over to our featured product. This is Compact Basics Level 1 and 2. Let me go full screen here. So you can see I got all this stuff out on the table. I'm getting ready to film the, uh, for the new course, which you get for free when you get Compact uh, Level 1 and 2. You get the ultimate Compact Logics course for free. And uh, before I do that, I need to go through and do some preliminary stuff. So I was watching some of the uh, lessons in this course about um, the hardware, and I, they did a really good job. But I think the PowerPoints, 
I'm upgrading those, the ones I use when I'm doing the videos. I'm upgrading those and uh, really want to make them, take them to a new level like I did with my Siemens course. That's very time consuming, but you know, and then the breakdown, right? There's five generations of compact logics, right? So where do you break it down? And um, so I decided, you know, most people use using 5370 and 5380, so that's one section. But then a lot of people have, you know, especially L35s, L32s uh, out there, right? L4, you know, L4s, you know, maybe less uh, popular, but still very important. And so I'm going to break up the lessons like that. So that's what I've been working on. Once I get all those preliminary lessons done, and, and we'll see later in the documentation section that, um, you know, Rockwell's helped me because they just updated a lot of those documents. Um, then I'll come in here and I'll film the, uh, I like to do a hard work tour whenever I do a course because you know what, you're not always going to have one of these available. This is an Ethernet IO adapter for the 5069 to look at, right? I mean, how often do you get to open up the panel and inspect the product and look at it and, you know, I mean, to see, well, you know, and you may have IO on here, right? And so the IO could be covering the switches that are on the side of this and this, I don't know why this cover sticks so much. It's a brand new cover, but in any case. Um, so there's a lot of things uh, like where the MAC address is located, the, the product number, the series, the rev that um, you don't see. And so I'd like to get them under the overhead cam and zoom in on it and show you where everything is. And I've done that in every course I've had. And of course, I want to do that again. I actually have a bunch of boxes over there. Um, I really wanted to expand the 1756 cards I had as well, IO cards. So I got lots of communication cards, lots of uh, digital uh, DC and analog, but I didn't have a lot of AC cards. I didn't have any 32 point cards. So I also got to go through and test those. Of course, whenever you buy something on the used market, you got to test them. And uh, with this particular vendor, we don't get any samples. So um, aside from those beautiful contactors up there. So in any case, let's get back to the news here. That's our featured product for today. Now we had um, three very interesting articles, each paired with a video from ABB. So I want to cover those. First of all, Congratulations to them. They're launching their new IRB 930 Skyra robot. And uh, this is interesting. This robot's supposed to have the most, uh, it's supposed to be 10% faster than any other Skyra robot on the market. Of course, I can't, I can't co confirm or deny that. But it does offer a 2,000% stronger pushdown capability. And uh, while I have all the facts on this page, I really enjoyed the video. It was very well produced. All three videos are very well produced. So congratulations, congratulations to ABB on their IRB 930 uh, robot, And um, they also extended their no-code wizard easy programming for their industrial ro robots. And this really, this looks really cool, first of all. So it's kind of like a text-based programming, but w in blocks. Like, you know, your for next or your do while, kind of, everything's a block, right? I'm not saying that's, that's the exact syntax they use in there, but... That's the blocks, right? And uh, the, the video did a good job explaining it as well. So if you're interested in that, but I, I love seeing it. It's a very simplified, almost like the next level above, like a Lego league, like a Mindstorm robot, you know, where those are kind of graphical blocks. These are text blocks, but look pretty easy to use. Um, so we have an article on that and then in video. And then they're promoting this week their, uh, some of the services. This one is their, uh, uh, continuous uh, monitoring and a predictive maintenance service and software. And it's pretty cool. They go through and talk about in this article how they, they monitor, you know, they know their robots, you know, intimately, and they know how often things need to be changed and updated and whatnot, right? How many cycles it will take before bearings start to wear out or 
things need to be greased up or whatnot. So in any case, um, what this can do is it'll plug into all your ABB robots and tell you, you know, hey, you're using a lot of extra energy in this robot because it's doing motions that are really inefficient. Or, hey, this one, this one uh, axis is moving a lot and it needs to be serviced. So um, very interesting software and uh, video. From there, we go over to Copia. Now, uh, oh, and Mark, hey, Mark, how you doing? Good to hear from Mark um, from Utah. Thanks for letting us know where you are, Mark, in uh, beautiful Utah out on the West Coast. It's really early out there. Um, in any case, back to uh, the news, Copia. So uh, Copia has an article about how to make PLC programming more scalable. So when you're doing all the programming yourself, right, you can only scale so much, but you kind of have full control too, right? You know everything you're doing, especially if you take good notes, right? So um, then if you add a junior person, right, you can pretty much control that scalability because, you know, they're reporting directly to you. You have these uh, touch points where you can keep track of what they're doing, make sure they're on the right track. But once you grow a very large team on a very large product, it can be very difficult to keep everybody on the same page, right? You, have, you can have lots of meetings and that helps. But uh, they go through and talk about how Git-based source control also helps, right? Especially, you know, it sends you a report of everything that was changed. So I thought it was an interesting article, especially since a lot of the younger folk, right, who are just getting into the industry or recently joined the industry are familiar with Git. Whereas some of us, some of us older folk uh, never used it because it didn't exist when we got into the industry. So from there, we go over to, I thought, a great article from Banner. This is about why radar technology is good, is a good sensing option. And at first I was like, oh, this is going to be ho-hum, but no, it was really good. <laughs> they did a great job on this article, really going through the, ben, you know, the strength of radar over uh, other types of sensing, right? And so it's a fairly long article, but, you know, there's some unique applications you can achieve with radar. And uh, they really just, I think they nailed it on the head here. It's a very uh, thorough uh, article and I thought it was very well written. I'm not going to read it to you this morning, especially because I ran late this morning, but uh, excellent, excellent read. I'm going to tag this with the EDU because I thought it was a, a very educational. From there, we go into an article from Schneider. Now they have this article, the cybersecurity threat landscape, understanding the risks and trends. And I highly recommend you add this to your cybersecurity list of articles. Um, most of the article is about cybersecurity and they talk about different standards. They talk about, um, you know, different uh, things you need to take in consideration and do. For instance, protect against uh, external threats, manage your risks, right? How many times has a system been uh, compromised and people get locked out and they have to recreate all that data from scratch, which is very expensive, right? Detecting and responding to threats, right? Uh, edu education. And I sat in on a great, back on the fear a couple of weeks ago, sat in a great presser on... Um, how companies are dealing with cybersecurity. I really enjoyed it. And, you know, education, right, and working collaboratively with you, not, not like a, you did, made a mistake that you didn't even know was a mistake, and so we're going to punish you and put a note in your file and all this stuff. You know, um, working collaboratively with your employees um, to not only educate them on potential threats, and how they could unwittingly cause an issue at the facility, but also having them kind of like, you know, when you're at the airport, it's like, you know, if something doesn't look right, report it, right? If somebody's a package somewhere and walks away, doesn't look like they're coming back, right? Um, you, know, you should never leave a package just by, you know, by itself anyways. But kind of like uh, if you see it, report it type of thing. Like if something looks fishy, smells fishy, it's probably fishy. 
So, you know, having employees do the same thing as well. I think that's, that's very important because if something's not operating correctly, what, what does it hurt for them to say, hey, this doesn't seem to be working right, you know? And, uh, you know, maybe a lot of those will be false alarms, but you'll be educating the employee every, for every false alarm why it's a false alarm. So I thought this was a, this was a decent article. I highly recommend it for those following cybersecurity. From there, this was a fun little article from Global American. They make IPCs, and they've been on the podcast before. And it talks about the Intel uh, code names, right? And how over time they were just, you know, they started, these were just internal, and they just started by picking their favorite, you know, places in the world. And of course, if they had a team over in the Middle East, they would choose names from there. If they had a team in America, they would choose names from, names from there and so on. And um, it was very interesting and uh, how it changed over time and how certain things now get certain names. And um, I thought it was an interesting article, so I wanted to share it with you. Uh, from there, we go over to an article from PTC and explaining what manufacturing throughput is. And this would be great for a junior person. I think all the senior people would kind of understand what this is, but it's always good to have a refresher too, right? And so manu what is manufacturing throughput? I thought the people at PTC really good, did a good job explaining this in layman's term and comparing it to like other other uh, formulas, other things like cycle times and lead times, right? So if you have somebody new and you, know, you want them to start thinking analytically about things, this might be a good article to share with them. I thought it was well done. From there, we go over to a blog. This is a shorter blog, but this is from Excita. And uh, they do a lot with safety, right, and cybersecurity. And this is an article that talks about what is pragmatic. What is a pragmatic approach to cybersecurity? And so um, they talk about, look, there are more and more cybersecurity threats every day. Companies have a very limited number of resources to address those threats, right? No, nobody has unlimited resources. And so you have to take a realistic view, right? And that's where I love zero trust, right? Let's stop all traffic and then let's uh, give permission to certain pet traffic to certain devices based on need, right? So we don't need port 80 open on the entire plant floor, right? There may be a few devices where you want to log into the web page and maybe you allow those certain devices to go to the office network only. You don't need to see that from outside the, the, um, outside the uh, organization, typically. Of course, if you're, VPN, it's, if you're VPN in, it's like being on the local network anyways, right? But, um, you know, there's other things too, like FTP access. You may have some devices that need FTP access. Maybe you have a uh, product that's uh, writing, uh, you know, data to a CSV file and you get to it via FTP. But that should be by, you know, that should be, you know, allowed um, specifically. You shouldn't allow port 21 or 22 to everything on your plant floor, right? And so on and so on, right? So these are the things um, that, uh, that you need to consider with cybersecurity. And I thought this article, this pragmatic approach, was interesting, so I wanted to include it today. From there, we go over to our uh, guide, uh, featured guide today. This is our Compact Logics Guide Index, and uh, this is over over 140 different articles and videos we have completely free at the automationblog.com. 152 actually, and um, just a lot of stuff like data logging options, um, data logging to a CSV. Um, just migrating and converting, you know, SLIC 500 and PLC5 programs, so on and so on. What's new with V35? We're hoping to do what's new with V36 and uh, what's new with Vue and all these great products. I got to check. Last time I checked before uh, Thanksgiving, the, uh, the presentations from the fair were not in the app yet. So hopefully we'll get, uh, we'll get those this week. 
But that is our featured guide. We have 16 different guides. What I did last summer is I spent a week and I categorized over our, you know, the top products we covered in over 1,700 videos and articles up at the blog. And I categorized them into 16 different free guides. So you don't have to search the website. You can just click on the guide and see an ordered list of content. From there, we go into an application story um, from KUKA. And I thought this was very interesting. They're working with a company or they worked with a company to produce an apple picking uh, mobile robot. And so I thought it was pretty cool to read about what they did and how they went about doing that. Of course, um, I don't see any apples in the background, but uh, there's actually a better picture of this uh, machine here. It's pretty interesting looking. We also had a very interesting application story from Siemens about uh, uh, a paper system that needed to increase throughput by 20% and handle more and uh, more varied sizes and increase switch over time, right? So, or I should say, decrease switch over time so they could switch over faster. And a very interesting article, um, when they went to do this, the system was designed that in such a way that, um, you know, I had to finish one product before I could switch over to another. And um, the good news was that they found on the system, they found that they already had an SM1500T. So they had a lot of horsepower already in the system. And it goes through and talks about what they did, what their goals were. I thought it was very interesting and um, how they accomplished the, uh, the changeover. And with that, I enjoyed this article. This is like a, a kind of a lighthearted article. There's a great new comic strip here about, well, it's new to me anyways, um, about from uh, Bernie and Les and about Thanksgiving uh, turkey. And then they go into... Uh, they go into some stories about Benjamin Franklin, and they end on uh, some pictures from their um, their own turkey roast that they did at their facility the week of Thanksgiving, I believe. I think it was that Monday. But uh, in any case, so um, thank you for the very heartwarming story, uh, Thanksgiving story, uh, Grace Technologies. From there, we go over the pro stuff. They have an article. Um, I did uh, get some pictures of that booth. Didn't get to talk to anybody. Um, it's just a very busy time at the fair, but uh, a couple weeks ago. But in any case, uh, this article talked about what was being asked the most about at the fair. So they talked to all their sales people and they kind of put together a list of what people wanted to know the most about. And I'll just cover the three bullets here. Number one, modernization. A lot of people want to modernize. They have older stuff. And so, of course, we've cut, we've had uh, pro stuff on to talk about the ANX4. They actually sent one. We have hanging up on the wall somewhere. I don't see it. Maybe it's this guy right here. Whoops, you can't see that. Uh, I think it's this guy right here. So um, it, it's, um, they just sent it in randomly, and uh, so we put it on the wall in appreciation. Um, would love to get a sponsorship on that so we could dive deeper into it. But in any case, um, the next thing was uh, water, wastewater connectivity. You know, you get a lot of communications in these plants that are really spread out. And then protocol conversion which is interesting because as we've shown on our show, if you have a Siemens and an Allen Bradley, you can just have the Siemens read in the data from the Allen Bradley. And a lot of Siemens products have multiple protocols built in as we just featured at the uh, uh, control panel symposium. I think we were talking about that a few weeks ago, um, right before the fair. And, uh, uh, but if you're on the Rockwell side, it doesn't have those features built in a lot of, I don't know of any Rockwell product that has Profinet built in. And I have not found a way to, in uh, Control Logics or Compact Logics to read data from a Siemens PLC without an expensive converter. So yeah, it depends on which way you're going, 
whether or not you'll need one of these expensive modules. But um, that's the state of the uh, industry right now. Uh, as far as events coming up, we have an event uh, from the folks at Unitronics. Um, this is on December 6th. It's at 10 uh, a.m. Eastern. I, look, I think this is a copy-paste. They put the Eastern Daylight Time, but it should probably be Eastern Standard Time because Daylight Savings is over. Thank goodness. Um, can we get just get rid of... Can we just get rid of Daylight Savings? Leave it one way or the other, but stop changing it. Um, anyways, I'll get off my soapbox now. And uh, so that's 10 a.m. Eastern, I'm, I'm assuming. And um, this is all about data logging with Unitronics. So talking about all their data logging uh, capabilities. Then we have a live event from obviously MDT. This is going to be in Detroit. This is what, part of their Roadshow series. It's uh, entitled Automate and Elevate Production. And uh, this is December 6th. It's from 10.30 a.m. to 7 p.m. And again, they have EDT in there. Maybe I'm wrong. No, I know Easton. I know Daylight Savings is over. I suffered through that with all of you. Um, and then finally, on December 7th, what was that last one? Was that December? No, that was December 6th. December 6th. Yeah, I tried to put these in order. So on December 7th, at 1400, so 2 o'clock Eastern, I'm imagining this is using my local time, um, they have uh, Universal Robots has a uh, webinar entitled Manufacturing of the Future, Changing the Way We Train. And so, the course, talking about training their robots. And uh, so, very interesting. This is free. So, if you're interested in their product line, check that out. And for the videos, we had a very interesting video here from Emerson. Um, about their wireless solutions. So a really nice animation. And this is really featuring, they have a, uh, a selector uh, and, and a product overview uh, app that you can access. I believe it's on their webpage. And you can go through and look at the different products they have in their portfolio. I thought it was a very professional video, though. I liked uh, what they did there. Uh, from there, we got a lot of new literature I think you guys would be interested in. There was a lot of new manuals and documentation on the logo from Siemens. So we can see the system manual there. This I thought might be important for some of you out there using the S7 1500s. Um, this is uh, a product information about syslog messages. So this is uh, 30 pages, 29 pages. And so you might want to read that if you're uh, using that controller or CPU. Um, we also got a Step 7 CFC. That's a continuous function chart uh, manual for uh, V19, and that's uh, almost 400 pages long. So if you're using CFCs, I've never used CFCs. If you're using CFCs, check that out. You might want to get a copy of that. And then we had a lot of uh, new documentation from Siemens on their unified, or on the HMIs. Now, this is new to me. I didn't even know there was a unified basic panel. Like, I knew there's basic panels. We have them on the shelf behind me. But, and I, I know there's a unified comfort panel because we've talked about that a lot. What is a unified basic panel? Is that like a new basic panel? Is there new free software that comes with uh, uh, TIA Portal for unified basic panels? Because I know the software for the basic panels are free. But, uh, and, and is that 100% importable into the unified comfort panel? Very interesting. I'll have to ask uh, my Siemens uh, friends those questions. And then, of course, there is a V19 manual for the unified basic panels, as well as a V19 manual. we got to get the Siemens back on to talk V19. Um, Unified Comfort Panel, uh, for the Unified Comfort Panels, V19 manual. So Basic Panel and Comfort Panel both have V19 manuals new. And then on the Alan Bradley side, some really good literature here. Um, a new instruction set 
reference or general instruction manual for the Micra 800, which is great timing because I'll be filming, film, uh, yeah, <laughs> filming new lessons on that soon. And then uh, Flex IO, this is the old 1794 Flex IO. Isolated analog modules, new manual on that. Um, and then uh, application technique for factory talk security. And a new uh, specification or tech data on the optics panels. These are like panel view like uh, HMIs that use uh, factory talk optics. And then a bunch of new stuff on the legacy compact logics, which is nice because I was just about to film this uh, lesson for my course. So we have the power supply uh, technical data for uh, 1769 and 1768. We have all the 1769 I.O. modules, lots of wiring diagrams in here. Let me see if I can find one to show you. Uh, about this guy? Yep. So this is what? OB32T, probably not the most popular module. How about this one? A combo module, IQ6XOW4. And so you can see the wiring diagrams here. The specifications as well, very important to know, um, especially if the relays is, uh, you know, how many operations they can do. Because, uh, you know, we've, I don't know, over the course of my career, I've had a lot of people use relays to blink a light on and off. And then after a year or so, that stops working because you've, you know, you hit a million or half a million operations and it wears out. But uh, very interesting stuff. So if you're using 1769 IL, you definitely want this book. Uh, they also had a new uh, tech data on the controllers. Again, 1769 and 68 controllers. And you know, one thing I didn't get to uh, take a look at was if they had the old L20 and L30, which we have here on the desk. They have the 5370 for sure. Let's see what they got here. Looks like they go back to the L31, L32, L33, L23, L43, L45. I don't see the originals. They probably shouldn't put them in here. They're so old. And uh, they were serial only, so they weren't very popular. And then we also have a new manual on tech data, I should say, on the 5380 and 5480. So it uh, seems like they updated the whole suite of the tech datas for the whole product line, which is good. Uh, and they also have here, this is the final one, I think, uh, updated the spec sheet on the Compact 5000 IO. Okay, now if we go over to Emerson, we have a new DMP3 protocol specification manual for the FB3000 RTU. We also have a new FB3000 four-port serial communications module uh, documentation, as well as new documentation on the Yahweh thermodynamic steam traps. Okay. And with that, we'll end with a uh, story from IEEE Spectrum. And this is on generating power from uh, power on Earth from the coldness of deep space. So this is a very interesting article. And to sum it up, uh, we all know that you can make an antenna, right? Physically craft an antenna that will produce, will send out a signal at a specific frequency, right? So what they're talking about in this article is crafting a material that'll radiate heat, right? Or energy in a specific uh, range, right? In a specific um, band, because there is a band and I don't have it here highlighted, but there is this band in the atmosphere. I think this is probably the best picture that shows it. So there is this band, right, of mid-infrared transparent cover. Mid-infrared, or mid-infrared transparent cover. So in other words, 
based on a, you can have a material that will radiate heat out and it'll go it won't bounce back right it'll go directly out of the atmosphere and so it's very interesting this is based on work done in the 1980s and um, even something if you have something painted black it will still be colder than the surrounding environment right unless unless it's directly coupled to the surrounding environment then the heat will seep seep in uh through uh through um you know conduction you know just touching the the hotter things will make that device hotter but um, even black paint, if that device is uh, thermally insulated from surrounding the surrounding uh, parts and pieces, it'll be cooler even at night. Like in the daytime, you'd think it'd be cooler, right? Oh, no, you'd think it'd be hotter, but at night, it'll be cooler. And um, so this is, I just thought this was very interesting. I know I'm not doing it justice with my lame explanation this morning, but um, I really enjoyed this article. It's a very interesting uh, uh, topic, and I hope you guys enjoy it as much as I did. And, uh, you know, it's kind of early in the morning, so... Um, we'll leave it at that. Um, and by leave it at that, I mean we'll thank our sponsor, theautomationschool.com. If you know anybody needs PLC, HMI, or SCADA training, please send them over to theautomationschool.com. Also, if you have any news tips for us, I saw some come in. A lot of them are, hey, let's market this product together for free. And I'm like, yeah, I'm really not interested in that. But in any case, um, I'll check all of them. I always do. And I'm a little behind because I just got back. Um, but in any case, if you do have a news tip, please send it in using the news tip link. Also, we have a talkback link if you want to share your own opinions. I do want to thank the uh, 1,335 people following our community over at automation.locals.com. We had seven new questions, several new questions come in uh, before Thanksgiving. I answered them all to the best of my ability. Some people responded and let us know if it worked or not. Some did not. But again, I want to thank everybody who's joined our community. And with that, um, we did have some questions come in over the blog. Um, I do try to answer those too, but I don't, you know, I don't go, you know, I just try to point them in the right direction because um, we just get so many random questions over there. I do want to thank everybody who uh, has purchased a copy of my ebook and uh, or uh, video collections. I saw the, uh, orders go through throughout the month, and I just want to thank you all sincerely. Every penny of profit goes right back into what we do here. And uh, I also just want to throw out a reminder that later today, every single link I talked about will be up at automate.news. No www.no.com. It's just automate.news. We have links from over 145 episodes that we've done this year up here already. And we'll be adding today's as well. And with that, I saw a new check come in. So uh, let me switch to full screen and say, Frank, hey, Frank from California. Hey, I just want to break in here while I was editing the show. For those who didn't watch the live stream, I realized I forgot to say the next episode is on Thursday. So no episode tomorrow of the Automation Morning Show. The next one is on Thursday. That should be the 30th, okay? So with that, back to the outro. Um, I want to thank you for spending time with me this morning. And I uh, really just want to wish you an awesome day. And uh, just encourage you, stay courageous, stay fearless. And until next time, my friends, peace.